my family, we're big Mandalorian fans. If you guys have not seen The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, and you're a Star Wars junkie, yeah, you've missed out. So it's, uh, it's great. So we're watching The Mandalorian. It, it gets over. And uh, we're on Disney+, Plus and, and I, I'm just scrolling down through it, and I see the short films. And off the movie Frozen... Uh, there's some short films that, that they've done with Olaf, and they are just darling. Anyway, you just got to watch them. They're cute as can be. But the movie Frozen, Let It Go, that's, uh, that's where we're going to start. When to, quote, let go, unquote, of that essential employee. We begin our podcast right there. Computers are live. Mixer is up. Levels are good. Equalizer is good. Ready channels one and two. Mike is live in three, two, one, roll it. Welcome listeners to the My Practice, My Business podcast, where we teach dentists and their teams how to reclaim forgotten profitability in dentistry with our clinical business of dentistry training. And now the host of our show, the clinical director at My Practice, My Business, Dr. Rob Thorup. Well, if you're anything like me, you probably got that song buzzing in your head now. <laughs> Let it go. We've all been there. Sleepless nights, irritable bowel syndrome, tension at home, all because of that one employee who you know is aggravating you and your team, let alone your patients, but you just don't have the courage to tell them you're fired. And who is this employee? In the typical office, which one? Sorry, office managers. I love you, but you know it's you. Yes, you. You've allowed the title of the position to go to your head. You practice unrighteous dominion over your fellow coworkers, including the doctor, and you have no one to blame but yourself. Oh, wait. The next one in line is the hygienist. You know, the one that says, it's not my job. When they... They are asked to do some recall or clean the instruments or, heaven forbid, work an extra hour to accommodate a special patient. Then there's a dental assistant. You're not excluded. You know, the one that refuses or doesn't have the mental aptitude to memorize the dental procedures you do so they can stay with the flow. But of all the employees who have control of the dental practice, unfortunately, it's the office manager who who the dentist fears losing the most. The doc fears losing that person because they become dependent on them, or at least they think they do. Let's talk about some of the reasons the office manager becomes the queen bee of the office. And believe me, the stinger's out. You don't want to tick them off. One of my favorites is when they, they piss in all four corners of their space. Yes, I did say piss. I should have said pee. I guess that's more politically correct, but uh, it's a biological thing. Get over it. It's a territorial thing, like we learned about in our biology classes. You can just hear them growling when the newbie of the office crosses over the territorial line and asks the office manager if there is anything they can do to help them with their free time. The office manager politely says, no, They're polite the first time, but the second time, look out. It's almost as if the other employees sit back, hide around the corner, 
and just wait to see the newbie employee get eaten for lunch by that office manager. They, they sit back, and then they all laugh at this spectacle until they see the watery eyes of the newbie come running around the corner away from the lion's den. Then they all put their arm around the newbie and say, oh, sorry, we forgot to tell you not to offer the office manager help ever. Refusing to let others help with the job, claiming you're the only one who knows how to do it, my OM's friends, is a major red flag and does not lift the level of training with the entire team when you don't delegate and share responsibilities. Speaking of red flags, when the office manager says, I, I need to stay late to catch up on my tasks, that's, that's a major concern. First of all, if the OM can't stay current with their job tasks during regular business hours, then you need to, to look at the why, meaning why they can't do their job in those normal business hours, Doc. When we see this problem in any of our clients' offices, it's usually caused by previous consultants who create too many tasks that are just noise or busy work. However, the other problem that must be considered is an office manager who does not want any type of oversight because they are cooking the books. That's right, OMs. You give a red flag when you do that. They are adjusting write-offs to cover money that is hitting their account, Doc, and not yours. Bottom line, if the OM is completely honest and they are struggling to keep up on their tasks, they need to go through our training, and we'll talk about more on that later. Most office managers do not know the difference between servant leadership and authoritative leadership. I find very few office managers who have had leadership training that type of training is often found in courses where an individual has obtained a business degree, but they, you know, <laughs> well, hey, what do I know about leadership? I'll just take a stab at it right now. In order for the office manager or even you, Doc, to become a leader, you first have to learn how to be a servant. You have to serve others before you can be the best leader you can be. The best way for that to happen is to help your dental assistant clean rooms. Sterilize instruments, Doc. Even vacuum the floors, office manager. I can't just hear the OM. I can hear you OMs right now with the kiss of death statement saying, that's not my job. <laughs> and that's why, that's why office managers are viewed as the authoritarian and not an equal team member in most offices. Doc, do you allow your office manager to write off balances your patients owe? Do you give them carte blank to run the accounts receivable however they deem fit to run it because they tell you that's their job, because the consultant has said that that's their job? Doc, let's be honest. Do you even know what the hell happens up front? Or do you figure if there's money in the checking account at the end of the day, the practice must be doing well? And your OM walks on water. Uh-huh. You're busted. I know. I know what you think. I know what goes through your mind. No employees should be given that kind of power. In small practices like mine, you should know everything about the finances. In large practices or one doc uh, owning more than one practice, you should know everything that gets written off too, let alone the financial numbers, and not at the 10,000-foot level. I'm not talking about micromanaging. 
I'm talking about being prudent in your business. Is your office manager derogatory toward other team members? Doc, do they tell you to leave the finances to them? That you are not to talk finances with your patients? Oh, sure. You can, you can downplay that right now. Go for it. You can chuckle it off and say, Rob, I'm not good with finances, let alone talking finances with my patients. I want you guys to listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. You've been fed a bunch of crap. Let me help you explain it this way. You were not that good with prepping a crown or extracting a tooth the very first time you did it. But, but you do quite well now, don't you, Doc? You do a good job of that stuff, but you didn't in the beginning. You, Doc, have been talked down to in a derogatory way for years, being told to let the front deal with finances. You know, those highly trained front office members who have no business training except from dental consultants who also have no business degrees and were trained by those with no business degrees and antiquated protocols. Ouch, I said it, and I back it up. I wasn't that good at talking finances with my patients either when I first started my dental practice, but thank goodness I had a great consultant. Yeah, I know, they're few and far between. But a great consultant who told me to grow some confidence. <laughs> I think, think he said something else, but grow some confidence and practice at being a business owner, Rob, not a puppet to the bad advice of most dental consultants. There is no room for derogatory speech in an office to you docs, as everyone deserves a seat at the management table. Everyone has something to offer. It shouldn't just be that front office team member. And, and they shouldn't have that control. Have you ever had your office manager threaten to leave? That's the ultimate test. What do I mean by that? It's the ultimate test on you, Doc. This is precisely why we teach our clients that cross-training of positions is mission critical. I value each and every one of my employees, and they know I do. But when they get to the point where they feel they are indispensable, I have a problem with that. I had a team member threaten to leave if I didn't change my hours to conform to them. I simply dissolved the threat. She terminated herself. She huffed and puffed and couldn't believe that I told her to hand in her key before she leaves. Being cross-trained in all the positions in the dental office actually distributes responsibilities more evenly. It also means everyone except the hygienists and myself get paid more evenly. I don't have front and back office members. I have dental team members. All of them can fill in for each other. When your office achieves this type of thought leadership, you don't turn upside down if the office manager fires themselves or gets sick or needs a vacation or simply just runs to the bathroom and everybody freaks out because a patient's up front asking about a bill. Everybody can answer the questions. And if they can't, they can find someone quickly that can. But most of the time, they can answer those questions. Something really unique happened to Tracy and I this year. We both had to have surgeries performed. <laughs> I think I might have mentioned this. I don't know. If I have on a podcast, great. I'm going to mention it again. But I'll just say it like this. Both, two different surgeons, one for me, one for her, 
I had my chin. She had hers. Had to have a surgery in August. I won't get into what we had. That that would uh, be a hip issue. <laughs> We're pretty transparent. When you come through training, we tell you what happened. It's kind of funny. But I have to say that the surgeons actually came into the came to me, and the surgeon Tracy had came to her, talked about the procedure in detail, talked about the potential outcomes, and covered finances, talked about the costs of the, the whole procedure, and then just said their team would get a little more uh, 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 down to the ground level about uh, what we can expect our out-of-pocket to be and what we can expect the insurance to cover. And it was an estimation. Okay? So don't think office managers are the only ones that should talk finances. Man, I, I don't know what's going on with IHC Hospital, but I thought that was fantastic that the surgeons actually talked to us personally about the procedure in, de- in, in pretty good detail and the costs associated with it. Think that one through. If, if Intermountain Healthcare is doing that, my gosh, maybe we need to start considering that, docs. Of course, that's what we teach here at MPMB, that you should know your pricing like every CEO of their company knows theirs. Now, there's another point that drives me nuts. It's when the office manager complains about being overworked, yet, yet they refuse to delegate the responsibilities to others. The minute they complain to you, doc, you then tell them that you'll hire some help for them. But then you talk to your, your buddy down the street once, once the office managers like complain enough to you so they're like, I need more help. You talk to your buddy down the street and learn that he or she is doing more production than you are with fewer staff members. Ouch. That hurts. It's like, what am I doing wrong? So you look at the OM, what the OM is doing, and you see areas of inefficiency. So you proceed to tell your OM that, that hey, maybe there are some areas where you you know, I feel like you could streamline your job a little bit. And then you experience <laughs> the derogatory comments filled with pee in all four corners of their zone, telling you to mind your own business, how you, you don't even know the job and how insensitive you are to their needs. And whoa, did I just nail that one on the head? If you want to know where you are in comparison with, with my practice or others in relation to operatories and net production, collection numbers, here it is. Here it is. The most effectively ran practices have these categories in common. There's five. They have three to four operatories for a single dock. For a single dock, they have one front office member. They have two assistants, one hygienist. Oh, oh, and yeah, the dentist. There's 0.5. Okay? That is typically the most effectively ran offices and that's how many team members they have because they rely on their practice management software to do its job. Interesting. This office model with only, it only has to have 12 to 1,500 active patients will have a net production, a net production of over a million a year if trained by us here at My Practice, My Business. I'm talking net, minimum. Before you freak out, you need to know that this stated net production is in Utah. So if you're like, oh, it's only a million, I think I'll stop listening now. Well, if you don't understand the business in Utah, <laughs> you know, just give me a call. Or you can take it like this. Uh, whatever you make in 
in about every other state, divide it in half, and that's about where we are in Utah, unless you're in Nevada. Nevada's, uh, I think they're the worst lowest reimbursed state. We're number two. Uh, we're at or near the lowest insurance reimbursement rates in the country here in Utah. This is a practice that actually bills out their contracted fees, not their fee-for-service fees, making that kind of money. This type of practice will see a net production totals of about 1.25 to 1.45 million, or slightly more, on average, per year, when we train them. I hope you're getting the picture. This typical practice doesn't really work all that hard either. They are steady with their schedule, but still have time to take breaks and have lunch breaks. This is what our training does for the practices we serve. None of my team members are overworked, especially my office manager. You need to know that. Some of you office managers right now are probably going, wait, what? Rob, tell me your protocols. Give me your how, how the makeup of your office works because I'm overworked right now, okay? Well, this is just keeping it real. So what are you going to do with those team members that show signs of any or all of the topics that we've covered here? All of us dentists are taught about ethics and all that we do when providing care to our patients. However, no one taught us about ethics with employees. We know they exist. We know that we should treat our employees with morals and values at our core. Again, what we teach here at MPMB. But think about the ethics behind allowing employees with the above of any of the above issues. If we as a business owner keep an OM or any employee that exhibits less than stellar ethics, the rest of the team will soon believe bad behavior is acceptable when in fact it is not. If you want a bad office manager rubbing off on other team members, then by all means, keep them. Until you cross-train your team doc and you have an office manager or other team member that is described here, you're going to need to pick your pain. As for me, I don't do drama, nor do I support bad behavior. It's not worth it to you, and it's not worth it to the rest of your team no when, just to let it go. Thank you so much for tuning in to the My Practice, My Business podcast. You can find additional podcasts you may have missed that will help you with your dental practice at Apple iTunes Podcasts. And remember to become a subscriber to our podcast. Many of you have asked how to help support the My Practice, My Business podcast. If you have enjoyed the program and information you received today, the best way to help is to leave us a five-star review. Thanks again for allowing us to be a part of your day.